Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Sixty Cents Podcast. I'm Lucas, I got Chris and Jonathan here. Guys, game one's over. We're recording during this Clippers-Suns game right now. And there's only one more for game one to play after that, the Timberwolves versus the Nuggets. A lot to talk about this past weekend, so let's go ahead and jump into some stuff, okay? Yeah, let's jump right into it, Lucas. So... Sixers winning 121-101 over the Nets in the first game. Get out to a one nothing series lead at home in the Wells Fargo Center. Seemed like uh, pretty in hand the majority of the game. But let's get your thoughts on the starters, Chris. Let's start with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, pretty impressive all-around performance as, as far as Philly won this game by 20. I, I thought the Nets... Did a lot of good things on defense. They they you know got in Joel's airspace. They got in James' airspace. That switching defense has given James problems in the past. James didn't get a lot going inside the three point arc. Uh, you know they obviously got a huge Mikael Bridges game and they, they still lost by twenty. So I if you're a Nets fan, you're probably not feeling great about this. As as far as Philly starters go, you know not like the most memorable Joel game. But 26-5 and five is, is, by most NBA standards, very good. He was a plus 18. James struggled a lot inside the arc, wasn't finishing great, but hit seven threes, dished out 13 assists, and, and really turned it on as the game progressed. So, you know, 26 from Joel, 23 and 13 from James, that's going to be enough uh, for a team like Brooklyn. Uh, the other standout, you know, I really... All the starters, except maybe Maxi, had pretty outstanding games, and Maxi's was not bad. Tobias, 21, hit his three threes, was very efficient, played his role well. And PJ was just awesome on the defensive end, so a lot to be happy about. Yeah, look, I mean, like, you're not going to get, you know, 7 of 13 from James every night, but I'm just more impressed with the 13 assists. If he can be consistent on the playmaking portion and just be an efficient scorer, I like I'm I'm, I'm pretty happy. Uh, Maxi didn't get as many shots, but honestly didn't need it with you know Tobias rolling, and that's okay. Some nights, some nights Tobias is going to be hot, and Maxi can take a back seat if he needs to, or James, you know whoever's whoever's cold. And, and it's not like Maxi was cold; it's just that he didn't they didn't need his spark plug energy like they normally do. Like you said, Brooklyn did a great job against Joel, you know, forcing a lot of double teams, forcing him to pass it out. I mean, what, he had 12 points at halftime? Like, it, it's you, you did a good – I mean, look, the guy averaged 33 a game. So the fact that you held him to 26, you, you did what you needed to do. Tobias, I was surprised. I, I think we've all, for the most part, since the All-Star break, except for maybe one or two games, kind of been – uh, crapping on Tobias's second uh, act of the season. And he, he came out and balled and five steals for PJ Tucker. You know, this is the type, this is PJ, playoff PJ is a real thing that we need to acknowledge. And I know it's only one game, but like, this is what you bring him in for to do this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. Sorry, John. 
<laughs> no, I was just going to say, starters played great. And uh, Doc made the bench a little longer than I would have liked. I mean, obviously, people got some garbage time. But even in, like, non-garbage time, you went a little deep. So, Chris, what were your thoughts on the bench? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, two minutes for House, three minutes for Shake, most of the in garbage time. The the four main guys, obviously, were Milton, Niang, McDaniels, and Paul Reed. I don't think that's particularly surprising. Um, Milton led the group with 22 minutes. George was second with about 20. J-Mac had about 17, and Paul at 13. Now, in those 13 minutes for Paul Reed, uh, 11 points, 5 of 6 from the field, couple blocks, four rebounds. It's what he does, <laughs> not, as, not as he would tell you. Not blocks. He had two steals, Chris. Steals, sorry. Um, but, yeah, so really, really, really good Paul Reed game. I think we've all been on the Paul Reed bandwagon for the last year and a half now. And he was pretty good last postseason. And it, it's very clear that he can thrive in that environment. Uh, you know, Brooklyn is not the toughest matchup per se, but he's a very good defensive player who is versatile enough to hang in this environment. So he, he just owes a lot of credit. Yeah, no. And we'll talk about Paul Reed here in a minute. But yeah, absolutely. Great Paul Reed game. Niang hit a couple of threes. You, you had McDaniels playing solid and. Melton didn't have a good shooting game, but like he was still a plus 15 and had five assists. So I, I can't complain. Look, I mean, we kind of figured that Milt, that this would be the four man group coming off the bench. Um, maybe Milton or, you know, house might be in that. No, sorry. I mean, three man group, oh, four man, sorry. Yep. Four man group with house and Milton kind of being that fifth option. But like, like you said, there was some, Garbage time. And kudos to the Nets because they, they did play well. I mean, look, this game was a lot closer than the final score, you know, dictates. Like you said, Mikel Bridges has been on a tear since uh, the Devin Booker injury in January. And, you know, they, they just played well. I mean, the, at the end of the day, they just don't have an answer for Philly's inside game with Joel. And, you know, we, we kind of suspected that. But yeah, let's go ahead to Paul Reed, right, Jonathan? Yeah, you brought this to uh, my attention for the podcast a little bit. So there was some comments, I guess, between Doc and James regarding Paul Reed and Montrez Harrell. So here they are directly. So um, Doc said early in the year, James Harden wanted no one else on the floor but Trez because he felt he was the better offensive player. We tried to convince him that we need defense, too, with that group. And then after the game, Harden had said, Doc and myself are on the same page in the sense of the second unit, who's out there, who's going to be playing on the court, and what we're trying to accomplish. We can't make it too difficult. And I think that group with Melton, J-Mac, George, and Paul Reed, we get it. So I guess now it sounds like everything's good, but there might have been a little disagreement earlier in the year. Uh, What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I, I mean, I know the stance that Lucas is going to take, so I'll I'll leave that to him. I, I really think, broadly speaking, these are not particularly notable. Like, like, I mean, we all know that Doc went with Montrez early in the year. Frankly, we know that Montrez and Harden have a prior relationship, and that was part of why Trez ended up with the team. Like, these are not, those are not secrets. Um and I think we all know that Paul Reed is better, mainly because of his defense, and that's why he's on the floor now, and that's why Montrez is not on the floor now. So I, I don't think we should make too much out of these comments. It, it, you know, Lucas, before the pod, I'm going to spoil his, his stance here a bit. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't all right, I'll, fine. I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let Lucas use his own words. But thank you. Thank you. I, I don't think this is Doc being particularly harsh on anyone important and I, I you know a lot of times players have misguided ideas about what the team needs and it's up to the coach to you know show them the light I guess Doc isn't always the best at doing that but they're obviously making the right choice with with playing Paul Reed look I mean like I don't have any problems with what James said, to be clear. Uh, that that being said, look, 
there has just been some things during this Doc Rivers tenure that have come off the wrong way. You know, we could go to how he treats the media sometimes, you know, with the Greg Popovich stuff, or just, you know, like rotation, playoff rotations like last year, right? And at the beginning of the year, I think we all were blaming, oh, this is Doc's choice. This is Doc's choice, you know. And Doc could have, you know, protected his star and said, yeah, this was my choice. But now it's it almost feels like he's not like throwing James under the bus, but like advoc- like, you know, just distancing himself in case like Paul Reed is struggling at some point in the playoffs. You can be like, hey, I wanted to play Paul Reed all season, but James didn't want to because he didn't trust Paul at the beginning. And that 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 feels a little like. I, I don't it feels it doesn't feel right to me. And that's just how I feel. Like, I'm not saying that Doc's, Doc's like, being malicious, but I think he's also covering his, his butt in case something goes wrong. Uh, maybe. I, I would say this falls very low on, on the list of, like, egregious Doc Rivers comments. I, I, I think the Ben Simmons thing was much more of an actual issue. Uh, the media stuff, like you said. But the fact is that there is a list, and this has to go on that yeah, list. Yeah, I don't know if it actually has to, though, is my thing. I, this what, seems what pretty innocuous think? to me. What do you think, I John? mean, I, I think it's probably a bigger deal than they're letting on. Like, I think that it's fine now. Everything's good now. Like, I don't, I don't have any worries about that. I truly believe that Doc and Harden are probably on the same page. But I have a feeling that earlier in the year, this was probably a bigger disagreement than, uh, than it's sounding. That, yeah, that, yeah, that's probably true. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, we can say a lot of negative things about Doc, but he he does have a pretty good reputation as like a player's coach, and like even the Ben Simmons comment, I don't think any of us actually had an issue with what he said. It was that the fact that Ben did, and no one on this podcast, as far as I'm aware, took Ben's side on that issue. So I I don't really know what the problem is, honestly. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I have no issue with coaches like being honest about players' flaws and their decision making that, that goes into a game. Like Jack Vaughn of Brooklyn had that comment about Cam Thomas not that long ago. Uh, you know, you know how how can we win games with Cam? How how can we get him to influence winning? That kind of thing. I, I have no issue with coaches making those kinds of comments. I guess some people do, but th- this really doesn't feel like an issue to me. All right, well, let's let's take a look at the, the Harden comments here. Assuming that they can retain everybody in free agency, is this a, like, really good second unit or just, like, a passable second unit for the Sixers moving forward in the playoffs? I, mean, and I don't think it's a really good second unit. Like, when I read that, like, Melton, McDaniels, George, and Paul Reed, like, that's not scaring other teams, but I think it's a very like reliable second unit. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's three very good defenders and a really good shooter. So there, there's a lot of balance there, especially once you are projecting towards the playoffs. Or you're in this moment. The fact that three of those guys are, are positive defenders is important. That has not been the case for the Sixers bench in years past. So that is a notable improvement. Um, and, and, you know, if you want to say the weakest link is George or J-Mag, however you want to describe it, they have a couple other guys. I, I think Shake is very good. I would argue that Shake should be playing over George. Like, they have other guys who can step in if need be. So I, I would say the second unit is in a pretty good place. It's definitely not the best. In fact, like, the teams that they will have to go through to win a championship are probably the teams with better bench units. But it, it could certainly be worse. Yeah, I, I, I would put this as like a solid, like an average bench unit. You know, nothing spectacular. You don't have that. I mean, Shake can be, but with the guard play that you already have, you don't really need Shake to be that spark plug off the bench. So, like, it's it's balanced. It's a balanced second unit. And I like you said, Chris, and I think I would probably rank this in the like the top, like, you know, between like 10 and 20 in terms of like bench unit, like, like, if I'm ranking them on how good they are. Yeah, I think I think that's a good that's a good range, Lucas. But let's switch it up for uh, game two coming up tomorrow, 7.30 p.m. Um, at night. So do you guys think there's any adjustments maybe that the 76ers need to make, Lucas? 
I mean, look, we won by 20 uh, at the end of it. I mean, like you, you could ask Maxi to do a little bit more, but like, like trying to get him involved a little bit. But like I said earlier, Tobias Harris was hot, and I'm okay with letting Tobias cook when he's feeling it. Uh, the bench rotation was solid. I don't, I don't think I have very many issues with it. I mean, I know they talked about using small ball center with PJ, but you don't need to do that in this matchup. I mean, the center position is not a position of concern for the Sixers. Like, the only thing I could really say is, like, you need to figure out how to slow down Mikael Bridges, maybe send a double team or two more often, but, like, you you don't need to. Like, the, you know, the Sixers won by 20, so I don't have too many adjustments to say. Yeah, I, um, I, I mean, I think a lot of it is just going to be how do they react to Brooklyn's adjustments. Um, you know, this is a game where they hit an inordinate amount of threes. They just aren't going to hit that many threes every night, so... They are, you know, they're going to have to get more stuff going towards the pass. They're going to have to find other ways to get Joel going. James is going to have to be more aggressive downhill, getting more stuff towards the rim, that kind of thing. But overall, it's really going to be seeing how does Brooklyn react to what happened and how can Philly kind of stave off that next push from the Nets. Again, I, broadly speaking, I, I don't think the Nets are much of a threat. I think there's a very good chance that this series is done quickly. But, you know, Philly does have to stay on top of things. Doc, the last couple of years has been much better as far as adjustments and being open-minded than he was that, that first year in Philly. So I'm generally pretty optimistic about, about the Sixers at least handling business in game two and in this series. Yeah, well, Chris, that's a good segue. I mean, why don't we go to the Nets? What kind of adjustments do you think they might make, Lucas? I mean, look, the, you did a good job double teaming Joel. He still got to the line eleven times, and you know he's just gonna he's gonna get his. Obviously, you don't, and you don't have the defenders to really slow him down, so you just have to figure out like how are you, you need. They need to learn figure out how to slow down James. Now, like I said, he got red hot from downtown, seven of thirteen. But outside of the outside shot, he didn't go to the foul line once, and he only shot one of what was it, one of eight from the field outside of three-pointers? You did what you needed to do against James, so pretty much you have to beat everybody else. Like, you have yeah. to slow down Tobias, and you have to slow down Maxi. Like, every, make everybody else beat you. Like, yeah. James is not going to be that hot again, and Joel's going to still get his. So Brooklyn just needs to slow down James. That's, that's, that's their next uh, hurdle. Well, I mean, like you said, like, they kind of did slow down James. It, you know, if James B2 is a three-point shooter, there's really not much you can do about that. He, he's mm-hmm. He's been a good tough shot maker his whole life. There's no defensive solution for that. But otherwise, they, they pretty much did slow him down. I, I think they're going to have to find a way to not let all these double teams on Embiid just lead to open three after open three. Like, the, again, the Sixers hit a gazillion threes, and that's in part because... Joel has become much better at reading the doubles and passing out of them. So maybe the solution is to let Joel get out on an island a bit more and, you know, maybe make Joel try to slow down the, the, the perimeter guys, you know, let Joel get his, but try to stop everyone else kind of a thing. I, I don't really know, but, but Joel, you know, like yeah. Yeah. So th- there's a version of that game where Joel scores 40 and they lose like that kind of stuff happens. So, It'll be interesting to see what they can do again. A lot of it comes down to them just not having the offensive firepower to really stick with this team. There's not a lot an inferior opponent can do. If if Philly is playing good basketball and they're executing, they're going to win. But it'll certainly be interesting to see what adjustments Brooklyn comes out with. Yeah. All right. Well, let's switch to the um, other series that we've been watching so far over the weekend. Chris, we'll start with you. Why don't we go to Hawks Celtics? Celtics won one twelve ninety nine. They were up thirty at halftime. It was it was not a game. So, what were your thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, the Hawks are just not not anywhere close to Boston's level. Um, it, it was really rough. I, I mean, that's the kind of defense that can slow down Trey Young. He, he struggled against length and switching defenses his whole career. So, it's not a very good Trey Young series. Dejounte looked pretty bad. Uh, Capella really, really tends to get 
kind of played off the floor in that matchup. Like, it's just not a good series for Atlanta. Matchup-wise, talent-wise, they're, they're just not on Boston's level. So it's been a very bad year for the Hawks. They have a lot to figure out this offseason, and that offseason is probably going to start in, like, three games. So they, they got quite a lot to figure out. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think they are going to get swept. Um, you know, it's just they don't have the size. They don't have the defense. Like, you're, 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 two of your best three defenders are on the bench, and Sadiq Bey and Okongwu. And, you know, just got to try to figure that out. Um, I, you okay. know, struggled. Time out, time out, time out. I'm sorry. Yes. This is not important at all to the Sixers, and we shouldn't spend much time on it. But okay. saying that Sadiq Bay is better than Capella or DeAndre Hunter on the defensive end is a bit no, no, no. Hunter, Hunter is a bit ridiculous. ridiculous. The other one, and I, I, I feel like all right. Well, Dejounte Murray is up there. I, I don't, I, I don't think Bay is that good on defense. But fine, continue. Okay. I, I, yeah, no, okay. Well, anyway, like I agree with you. I think it's going to be a sweep. All right, so let's do Heat Bucks. They finished a little before we started recording. Heat won 130, 117. Giannis went out, didn't get to play um, after the first quarter, I believe. So they they don't have a real chance if Giannis is healthy. If Giannis is hurt and he has to miss multiple games, then it gets interesting. Jimmy Butler is an awesome player. The Heat have played Milwaukee tough in the past. They've also gotten blown out of the water by Milwaukee in the past. So I I, I do not think the Bucks should have anything to worry about as long as Giannis can get back on the floor by like game three. But if that's not the case, or if they go down 0-2 going back to Miami and Giannis has to miss a game, then yeah, they have to worry. But but if Giannis is healthy, I, I think the Bucks still pull it out. I mean, yeah, but, uh, you know, we're talking about Giannis here, but guys, I think I heard that Tyler Hero broke his wrist or like really messed up his wrist. I don't remember exactly. The terms of the injury, but he, I think that they said he's going to be, let me pull, pull it up here real quick. Uh, Tyler Hero, broken ri- hand, yeah, he broke his hand in the game. So he's gone. He's not coming back for th- this series and probably the rest of the playoffs. Um, as much as Giannis, and like Tyler Hero is not the best player, and I think if Giannis is out for extended period of time, Jimmy Butler could get it done against this Milwaukee Bucks team. But, you know, without Tyler here, there's no guarantee that Miami's going to win this if Giannis is out either. So, like, two major injuries, you know, to both key players, it's it's going to be a bloodbath now. And this series just got a lot more interesting. It could end up being, like, going six or possibly even seven games, depending on health. Yeah, I mean, series can definitely tilt on the injury. I mean, I, I kind of tend to agree with Chris. If Giannis does come back, it's... It's probably uh, whenever he comes back, they'll they'll sweep it out. But if it turns out to be more serious, like you're saying, who knows, man? Um, All right, so to round out the East, Knicks-Cavs, that was a great game. Knicks ended up pulling out a win on the road, 101-97. The Cavs made a ferocious comeback. Donovan Mitchell helped in in the fourth, but weren't able to get it done. What do you think there, Chris? Yeah, um, I'm certainly less confident in my Cavs in five prediction than I was uh, a day ago. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I mean, look, the Knicks looked very real. I I think the issue for Cleveland is they they win the battle like one through four. They're they're top four or the the best four on the court. But New York, five through eight is a much better team. Like depth is the real issue for Cleveland. They don't have a good wing defender who they could, you know, rely on offensively enough to keep them out on the floor. I think a lot of people were kind of scratching their heads as to why Isaac Okoro wasn't out there down the stretch to guard Brunson and those folks instead of, you know, Jetty Osman. But, you know, Okoro struggles offensively. So there, there are some pretty significant concerns about Cleveland's depth. Levert, I just don't know if he's really built for the playoffs at this point. He was really bad, like... Cleveland has a depth issue. They obviously have the best player in the series. Donovan Mitchell is out of his mind. I think Garland's probably the second best player, as we discussed. They they have the top-end talent to win this series, but New York is a very physical and confident team, and they got great production off the bench. Josh Hart was awesome. Quickly, they have like two or three guys who can really play off the bench, and that's something that Cleveland does not have. 
So, yeah, I, I want to point out one other thing that you kind of didn't touch on. Chris, do you want to know, guess without looking how many assists that Garland had in this game? He had one. One assist to five turnovers. Granted, he has 17 points on efficient shooting, but he's the point guard of this team, not Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell had eight assists on, you know, but and also at 38 points in 44 minutes on 30 shots. You need to have more balance offensively than just that. Like, I know Mitchell's the guy that you put the ball in late, late in the game, but like Garland is the, like, he's an all star level player. He made an all star team last year and he had a, a case to make it again this year. So, you need to get him more involved. And, you know, Evan Mobley struggled against, you know, give kudos to Mitchell Robinson. He played really good defense in this game. So, I, you know, in, I believe that Evan Mobley has the real potential to be the best player in that draft. Maybe Scotty Barnes or, uh, you know, that that's up for debate. But, you know, Evan Mobley, he needs to do more too. He, he, uh, he shot 413, eight points. You need as your third best player. You need to get him a little bit more involved in the offense. It can't just be Garland and Mitchell. So yeah, I, I agree that depth is an issue here. Yeah, I, I mean I'm really looking forward to this series. I think it's going to be extremely interesting. Might might go seven, but why don't we take it over to the West? Lakers led by LeBron. Uh, never surprised James when he was talking in the post game. Not surprised even a little bit about Austin Reeves. They won 128. 112 beat the Grizzlies. And just a reminder, they're the seven seed. Grizzlies are the two seed. Lucas, what were your thoughts from that game? First off, uh, I saw an interesting stat. Only one time since the beginning of his career has Rui Hachimura hit more than four three pointers in one game. He had five in this game. Uh, really big contribution from Hachimura. They, they need at least one guy besides Anthony and James to go off. They had two. And Reeves and Hachimura, Delo had an okay game, you know, not great, but you know, nineteen and seven on okay efficiency, not really great. Um, look, Anthony, you're a little concerned about the the health there. He did get dinged up in the game, so we, you know, if the Lakers want to have a shot, they need you know him to be healthy. But seven blocks in a game is pretty incredible. LeBron did not dominate like he's used to, but he he didn't need to in this game. That being said, I think the bigger story is the fact that John Morant is not optimistic about his chances coming back in game two. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr., 31 points, kudos. But, like, you need a job to get more than 18 points, and his hand seems to be bothering him. So that might be an upset in the brewing there, guys. We'll see. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, health is a lot of, you know, this is not the first series we've talked about. Health is like, a, you know. Injuries are going to determine a lot of things once the playoffs arrive. Um, if Jaws hurt for game two, I, I just don't know if Memphis is, is going to be in a good place. Because, I, I mean, honestly, the Lakers have been very good since that trade at the deadline. They really, you, you know, I mean, we've seen the Lakers win a championship with LeBron and AD. We know that if you put a competent team around them, that they are quite capable of being a contender. So... Now that they have a competent team around them, like you said, Luke, there's multiple bench guys who can produce very well-rounded starting five. Reeves is really taking off these last couple of weeks. Is Reeves going to be something special? I mean, like, we both liked him out of the draft. We both wanted the Sixers to get him on a two-way or draft him in the second round. Can he be something more than just a sharpshooter? I mean, he's starting to show a lot of off-the-dribble stuff. Can he be Yeah, I mean, he's already more, like, like. It's happening, you know. It's it's like not past. It's not future tense at this point. What ceiling do we have for Reeves now? Is it changing? Is it getting higher? I I mean, you know, we'll wait and see. I I don't think he's going to be like a perennial all star or anything like that. But he's going to be a very good player for a long time. Maybe he'll be the uh, next Caruso. Uh, I I think he's more offensive minded than Caruso. Yeah. I think they're, they're different guys, but um. Yeah. Let the bald eagle soar, right? Always oh, a no. He he can't. He's not in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 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 My my pick for this series was Lakers in seven, and if Draws hurt and AD is not going to miss time, and even if he does, if Draws hurt, I, I'd say it's going to be Lakers in fewer games than seven. So that mm-hmm. Memphis is a very deep team. They are capable of competing without Draw. They're like uniquely capable of doing that, but. 
I, I think the Lakers have the matchup advantage, especially if AD is healthy. And, you know, it's playoff LeBron. Like, there, there's that's still a thing. So I, I would lean Lakers here. Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we bet I had the Lakers, you had the Thunder for who would go farther in the playoffs? I think that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what? No, that was not the bet. I didn't know. The bet, the bet was that the the Thunder were going to get out of the play-in, and they didn't. Either way, either way, you lost, Chris. Uh, I I don't. I plead the fifth. I don't know what that is. Okay, okay. okay. I like well, talk to my well, lawyer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Well, this is perfect segue right here. So Chris, reigning defending champion last year in fantasy basketball, lost Warriors defending champion last year, lost to the Kings 126-123 in the first game in Sacramento, electric game. What were your thoughts here, Lucas? Light the beam, right? Light, look, this is great. The, the NBA is always more fun when you have Sacramento actually doing well. And, you know, I have, uh, I didn't watch the whole game, but I saw bits and pieces, and I I saw that the the Warriors were up uh, in the third quarter, and they lost the lead, and it, it was definitely not a good look. I mean, Andrew Wiggins can certainly turn the tide in that game. I think once he's healthy and starting again, because I think he will be starting probably next game, um, look, that, that could change things, but, like, Sabonis, you know, dominated the boards, which we knew he would, um, you had veteran leadership and Harrison Barnes, 38 points from De'Aaron Fox. But that wasn't even the most impressive part of his game. He played really good defense on Steph down the stretch. And kudos to him. Like, th- this is what you need from De'Aaron Fox and Malik Monk, 32 points. First pair of college teammates that who were on the same team to dominate since uh, Elijah Wan, and I don't remember the other guy's name, but it, it's back from the 90s that's impressive that both score over 30 points so look this this is not like a cake this is not going to be a cakewalk for golden state like they're going to have to earn this if they're going to upset them and i don't like i i think golden state has a good chance to win i after this first game though i I don't know we'll see we'll see yeah um it was it was probably the most entertaining game of basketball I've watched in a long time. It was just beautiful basketball front to back. Um, I I I picked Kings in seven, kind of just going with my gut. I, I don't know if I really believed it at the time though, and I will say for most of this game watching it, I was like I I made the wrong pick. Like Golden State felt like the superior team for for stretches. Curry was just off the charts amazing. And, you know, he's he's the best player in the series. And sometimes you just kind of get a ride with that. And the fact that Golden State is like pretty much never lost in the West. Um, and everyone's mostly healthy now that Wiggins is working his way back. Um, you know, Fox was was off the charts down the stretch. Monk had had an amazing game. Both those guys making their playoff debut. First game, play, first playoff game in Sacramento in like 16 years. The energy was was kind of carried them over the finish line there. Um, you know, it, I, I think the Kings can win still. And I, I think they're a very real team. I don't think Sabonis is going to have a night nearly as poor as this ever again. So that that is something that the Kings will have more of. Herter, Keegan Murray, those guys weren't hitting many shots either. Like There are guys on Sacramento who are liable to have much better nights moving forward. Uh, but you know, I, I don't think Warriors fans should 
feel too bad about this. I, I, I think that team is still in a good spot. And, yeah, I mean, they have Steph Curry. I, I imagine they don't feel that bad about it. But this this was just beautiful basketball. These are two of, like, just on an aesthetic level, it's hard to find two teams that play a more beautiful brand of basketball than in Sacramento and Golden State right now. So I, I will definitely be tuning into all these games if I can because they're, they're just nice to watch. Yeah. All right, well, the next two series, one has not played, one's current, but we should get your guys' takes on it. Right now, the Suns are up 70-68 to 68, midway through the third quarter versus the Clippers. What do you see this series looking like, Lucas? Well, it's been reported that it's very unlikely that Paul George plays in this series. So I, I'm picking Phoenix, and I'm probably picking Phoenix in about five or six. Um, look. They, they did something different in this game. They've been starting Josh Okogie uh, uh, up until this game, and then they decided to switch the starting five, bring in Tory Craig, who gives you a little bit more size on the perimeter, which is what you need against Kawhi. So I understand that. Um, look, the Clippers are still a really feisty team. And while I picked Phoenix to win this series, it's, you know, I could be proven wrong, and I wouldn't be shocked either. Like, Phoenix has not had that time much time to gel, and like Russ has looked great with the Clippers, and Kawhi's looking like his old self, and they have really good depth. The Suns don't have the depth, and they don't have the long-term chemistry that these other guys have. So, is that possible? The Clippers could win, sure. Um, you know, the Clippers were up by a good handful until recently in this game, so anything could happen. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm with you, Lucas. I'm, I'm picking the Suns, but you know it's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> That's enough for me to not feel entirely great about it. Like the Clippers definitely have a chance. They were up big in this game earlier. They've they've now conceded the league, the 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 lead. Pardon me, but yeah, I, I mean as long as Phoenix is healthy, Durant obviously doesn't have the continuity and chemistry built up over time. But he's a very malleable player. It's pretty easy to fit him in with just about anyone. And talent-wise, you know, Durant, Booker, Paul, Aiton, that's kind of hard to deny. So uh, I'm picking Phoenix to go pretty far here. It, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so the last series coming up later tonight, Game 1, Nuggets 1 seed versus 8 seed T-Wolves, who had to beat the uh, Thunder to make it into the playoffs after, uh, in the second game of the Bank the Thunder, man. It wasn't even close at the end. Yeah, they uh, looked like a much different team than the team that um, lost their first playing game. So, Lucas, what, what do you expect from this series? Any chance that T-Wolves can do anything and try and make it a series? Yeah, look, I mean, like Chris has said, Rudy Gobert is still a really good defender, and he could he could handle Jokic one-on-one in the paint. So, you effectively, like, Jokic is going to have to score because, like, the other guys are not going to get easy shots because of double teams and like cat can still guard him too. Now the, the bad part for, for the Timberwolves here, like if the Timberwolves were completely healthy, this would be a lot closer matchup in my mind than what it is now. But because of Jalen, uh, Jaden McDaniels getting, uh, no Jay, is it Jay? I always get the brothers Jaden. Thank you. Jaden McDaniels being injured as well as Nas Reed being injured. It's, probably the nuggets are probably going to win this, but I don't think this is a cakewalk. I think it's a six game series. And look, if, if they pull up the upset, I mean, they, how they look, how they played against the thunder was just fantastic. And you saw the chemistry in that game. I mean, heck cat hit uh Gobert on a lob in the fast break. And it was a pretty pass by that started with Conley. So it, is it impossible for an upset here? No, I don't think so, especially with how the you know, Nuggets been kind of coasting. And the fact is that you can play Gobert on Jokic one-on-one and live with that. And same thing with Cat. So, yeah, I, I think you gotta, you got to roll the dice. But I, I do think the Nuggets are going to win it in the end. Just, but at the same time, I'm kind of rooting for the Timberwolves here. Um, yeah, I, I picked Nuggets in six. I, I think Minnesota is a very real team, and they have a lot of talent. It's been a difficult season for a lot of different reasons, and they've, they've had to fight through adversity on multiple fronts. But at the end of the day, this is a team that took Memphis to seven games last year. They added 
you know, the trade maybe not that great in hindsight, but they added a top-tier defensive player in Rudy Gobert. They've upgraded the point guard spot since then uh, with Mike Conley. Like, they have the talent to make this a very competitive series. They're a very big and physical team with a lot of, you know, Edwards is better now than he was last year. He has taken a step forward. Cat's back. Like, like I, I think that's a very real team. So Denver... Like you said, Lucas has been kind of coasting into the playoffs here for this last month. I, I assume they turn it back on. Like, like Denver's the one seed for a reason. You know, this could just as easily be a four-game series if, if the Nuggets really show up. But Minnesota is a team that fights. They they have a lot of fight in them. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they steal a couple games. Yeah, I, all the series are uh, all the first round series underway after today. So it's exciting time so for basketball fans. I I know we're a little bit late in the pod here, guys, but did we all make brackets? Do we all have like picks? No, I didn't. I didn't do that. I not not yet. Not, not the week for me. But um, you know, in my head, I have. I just didn't make it on ESPN or anything like that. Do we want to make picks right now? Do we want to uh, what for the first? Really wait. Yeah. Well, we can go all the way down if we want. Uh, sure. I mean, not on the schedule, but that's fine. I'm okay with that. Let me just pull up a bracket here so I can keep track of my stuff. I figured this is our last chance to really do it. Okay, yeah, no, no, I'm fine with it. I just, like I said, I need to pull up or find a bracket somewhere. I guess I can go to standings, and then we can do playoffs, I guess. Yeah, just and I got an And then, oh, I'm doing, sorry, I'm looking at, um, well, here, I, I mean, uh, John, no, no, do you have, do you have the know. bracket pulled up? Or I can narrate it. We can just go yeah, down. No, yeah, I'll let's, let's start with, uh, we'll start, we'll just go around the horn. We'll go Chris, Lucas, then me. So we'll start in the east. Let's go Milwaukee versus Miami. All right. My my pick was uh, Bucks and four. That's obviously not going to happen now. Uh, so, you know, contention on injuries, as we all said, but I'm still riding with the Bucks. I say Bucks and six. Jonathan, yeah, Bucks and six. I'm, okay. I'm going Bucks and six. Okay, cool. All right, Cleveland versus New York. Uh, Cleveland and five was my original pick. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to ride with Mitchell, even though I don't feel that great about it. I'm going to say Cavs and seven. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Knicks and six. I'm going Cavs and seven also, Chris. Unbelievers, gosh. All right, what's next? My bad, sorry, yeah, uh, Sixers, Nets. Sixers uh, in four. Sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to steal you. No, you're there. good. Sixers in, in five was my pick. I'll, I'll ride with it, but it could be Sixers in four. Jonathan? Oh, I'm going uh, Sixers in five. Lucas? I already said Sixers in four. Uh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, Boston, Atlanta. Uh, I said Boston, Boston and sorry, go ahead. Sorry. You jumped the line, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just so excited. Go ahead. Um, I, I picked Boston and five. I'm gonna amend that to Boston and four. I'm gonna go do Boston and four as well. Yeah, I got Boston and four. All right, let's go to the West first round. Denver, Minnesota. Nuggets and six. I'm gonna go with the upset here and say Timberwolves and seven. Jesus. Wow. Lucas, wow. come on, bro. I I just I such a hater. Let chaos reign. You know, let chaos reign. <laughs> All right, I got Denver and 5. Then Phoenix LA. Phoenix and 6. Phoenix and 6 as well. Phoenix and 7. Um All right, Sacramento Golden State. As I said, I do not feel good about it, but I'm I'm gonna stick with my original pick. I'm gonna write it out. I, I got sack and seven. Uh, I'm gonna do Warriors and seven. I will say I'm Sacramento going... winning winning a game seven on their home floor would be abs- against the Warriors would be like next oh, level insane. Yeah, it'd, it'd be chaotic. I would love it. I'm gonna go Sacramento and six, and Memphis. Uh, L.A. Lakers. Ooh. Uh, Lakers in six. Lakers in five. Lakers in six. All right. So we're back to conference semis. 
Um, we might have some different ones here. So I think Chris and I had Milwaukee, Cleveland. Yeah. You guys go first. Chris? Uh, Milwaukee in, in six. I got Milwaukee in five. And Lucas, you got Milwaukee, New York. Yes. And I'll have Milwaukee and uh, have Milwaukee in six. I think the Knicks pull out too. What right. happened to chaos? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's that's the west side. This is the east uh-huh. side. No, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Look, as long as long as Giannis is healthy, like it's yeah, you know, no, they're gonna beat the Knicks. Nice. All right, so we all have Sixers Celtics. Is this the year the Celtics or the Sixers make the conference finals for the first time since I was eight? <laughs> uh, I have Boston in seven. I have Philly in seven. I got Philly in seven. I, I wow, was, let's go. I appreciate your optimism, guys. I, I wish I could be there with you. Um, do you all right. Yeah, I don't know if you do. I really do. You th- I don't like the Celtics. Like, let's, you know, if, all jokes aside, I do not want to lose to the Celtics again. It would all right. make me very upset. Chris, you and I got Denver Phoenix. So let's go first. What do you have in that series? Uh, I, I have Phoenix in six. I got Denver in seven. Lucas, you got Minnesota Phoenix. Oh, I got Phoenix in five. So they can they can take down Denver, but Phoenix is just gonna wipe the board, wipe yep. them off the board in five. Okay, all right. Interesting. You know, I, I, I have prior loyalties there. Uh-huh. I think I forget how we picked this one. I know I had uh, Sacramento. Did anyone else have Sacramento? I had There's... Sacramento, yeah. And who did you have, Memphis Lakers? I had Lakers. Okay, so I had Sacramento Lakers. So Chris and I had Sacramento Lakers. Lucas, did you have Golden State Lakers? Yeah. All right, so Chris, let's go first. Who do you got, Sacramento Lakers? Uh, Lakers in seven. I have Lakers in seven as well. All right, Lucas, Golden State, LA, 6-7 matchup. Ooh, this is tough. Uh, uh, I don't like this game anymore. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me go with Lakers and seven. Okay. All right. Let's go back up. Conference finals. Milwaukee versus Sixers for Lucas and I, and Milwaukee versus Boston for Chris. So, Lucas, you can go first. Who you got? Milwaukee Sixers. I got Sixers and six. <laughs> I got Sixers and seven, and we're going to the finals. Chris, who you got? Good Milwaukee, job, guys. I, I really I appreciate you guys. I have Milwaukee <laughs> and seven. All mm. right. And then we got, I think both of you have Phoenix, L.A. I have Denver, L.A., so I'll let you guys go first. Phoenix uh, versus Lakers, what do you have? Uh, I, I have Phoenix and five. I, I got Phoenix and six. All right, and I have Lakers in seven over the Nuggets. So Chris, wow. you, <laughs> yeah. So Chris, you got um, Milwaukee versus Phoenix, correct? Yep. Who do you got? Bucks in seven. A nice rematch of two years ago, I believe. Mm-hmm. All right, and Lucas, you got uh, Sixers versus Suns. Who you have? I got the Suns. I hate saying that. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. All this, like, oh. all this optimism, you're going to stop with the Suns? You got them beating the Celtics and the Bucks, who are better than Phoenix all season, and you're going to stop with the Suns? I just don't think we have an answer for KD and Devin Booker. Oh, oh but we have an answer for Tatum and Brown. Okay. Yes. Word. Yes. Word. All right. Sure. Well, I'm Noted. actually... I- I wish I did this earlier because I'm having a really tough time with Sixers Lakers final would be crazy. Sixers the three seed Lakers the seven. I think we match up well. I mean, it would be great to see AD and Joel for seven games if AD's still healthy. I mean, if the Sixers make it, if the Sixers make it this far, they're going to win it all. If they do make it to the finals, they're going to beat LA. I'll say in seven they beat the Lakers. 
My pick is the Sixers okay, to win okay, it all. Okay, so on your pick here, I'm going to disagree. I think the Sixers beat them in five or six. Because Joel really? has been, yeah, Joel has destroyed AD in every single matchup in the last couple of years. So yeah, I'm gonna. I, I think Joel's just gonna eat, you know, eat dinner like it's not even like his own against this one. So yeah, yeah, it's it's gonna be an easy okay. one. All right, well let's hope. So I got Sixers, you got Phoenix, and Chris has Bucks. I'm sorry, but but being all brave and taking the Sixers over the Celtics and the Bucks, and then saying they're gonna lose to Phoenix, that's that's cowards <laughs> talk, Lucas. Come on, you gotta go all the way. That's ridiculous. Okay. Look, I just don't like the matchups there. And look, like I feel you like either have okay. Listen, believe. listen, listen, all listen. Right. My my, let me go through my reasons. Matchups. We we matchups. We can Joel can dominate against against yeah uh, no 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 against Horford like we've seen that that's not even an issue time out time out we have seen it against Aiton way more than we have seen it against Horford I what I, what Horford I is one has the best track record of anyone against Joel um not recently anyway and then the Bucks I think James is going to eat dinner. Like, it's not even his. Against Drew. Famously, people eat dinner against Drew all the time. You're right. Last game, <laughs> you know, Harden had 10, 30 and 10. Just saying. Like, it's not that unreasonable that uh, that, that when they played. Um, and then, like, look. You have, you have like, two all, like all NBA perimeter scores in Phoenix. And I, I think Aiden's, outside of Giannis, like, Aiden has really stepped up in the playoffs in the past. So, like. I and Joel's like an easier matchup for Aiden versus Giannis, so in terms of like mobility, so I, I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Joel eating against Aiden is far more likely, I think, than him going to town against Lopez or Horford. And I, I think James can match up on much easier in a Phoenix series than he can in a Milwaukee or a Boston series. That's, so that's I, I like, I think you're like backwards. Like, uh, I, I think Phoenix is a much better matchup than those two teams. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, probably. I don't know, man. It, now you're making me think things. You I'm either just, have to lean fully into the nihilism like me. And I agree. Be like, I they're going to lose to the Celtics. Or you have to, like, you have to, you know, pull the fan card and go all the way. You can't have them losing to the Suns in the finals. I, they're I either agree. winning it all or the Celtics are going to send them home and everyone's going to get fired and James is going to Houston, which is I, where I'm James at right now. Here. And then Dame's coming here. Uh, okay, yeah, right. fine, fine. I'll I'll play the fan card. There, you guys have changed my mind. There, you happy? You happy? Oh, I, all happy. I am. PJ gets in KD's head. Like it's happened before. They got they got their number. All okay. I'm gonna say is I think Chris is in my mind. Like I know Chris might have been being a little facetious, but I think he's right. I legitimately think we are either gonna lose the Celtics next round or we are going all the way. Like I don't think there's a middle that's, ground. I yeah, know. I mean, look, that's that's a fair assessment because I do think we can win against Milwaukee. I think that's okay. an easier matchup versus than the than the Celtics. I think that's an easier I, matchup than the. Than I, the I would pick Milwaukee too, but I yeah, I appreciate. It, the okay, Chris, yeah. Chris, Chris, question: it, Who's the easier matchup for the Sixers, the Celtics or Milwaukee? Who is the better matchup that Philly has a better chance of beating? Um, you know, I, I go back and forth on it. I, I don't think they're one or the other. Just say say one. Don't don't give us the runaround. Yep. Um, I I I think a healthy Milwaukee is the better team than Boston. You think I don't that think they it's a better matchup? We're talking about matchups. I We're understand. It's not like like matchup. Like I don't think Brooke is a better matchup than Horford or whatever. Like I, I think Milwaukee can guard Joel just as well as Boston, if not better. They can and, do and it, Joel better, but on the inverse, Milwaukee, on the inverse, Brooke gives Joel a lot of problems because he spaces the floor. You know, PJ and Joel can guard Giannis pretty well, but it, I, I, you know, I still you tend Giannis, to. You can stop. You can slow down the Bucks. Sure. But the Bucks can just as easily slow down the Sixers. They have the best possible James Harden defender in, in Drew. In the, I don't know. I, 
it's tough. They're both pretty unsettling matchups as, as far as Philly I, I goes. I think Jonathan are on the same page here that it, it, we I, we feel better in a series against Milwaukee than we do against Boston. I, I would like emotionally yes, feel better yes. about losing to Milwaukee than Boston because I just despise the Celtics and they definitely have more mental real estate in Philly than Milwaukee like that that much is true the Sixers have demons with the Celtics that they don't have with the Bucks for a number of different reasons but as far as who's actually like the more dangerous team I think there's a pretty solid case at least for Milwaukee I I I think we're gonna agree to disagree on that one but um, look, look, the playoffs are going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. Phoenix, I think, now is in the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Look, it's it's still pretty early on. It's tied at 81 for Phoenix and Clippers. We still have the, the Timberwolves upsetting the Nuggets in the first round coming up next. And we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, before the season, I said Nuggets. Uh I, just I still do, think that's it, possible. It, it's possible, yeah, but I just, I don't know. Phoenix just I, I I like Kevin Durant a lot, too, but they are new. and He is new to that team. And if I, I think if Phoenix doesn't come out of that side of the bracket, that Denver will win the West. So, oh, yeah, probably. I think that side of the bracket will, will win the West as much as we're talking about Golden State and the Lakers and, and the Kings are awesome and fun. Like, I think it's Denver-Phoenix coming out of the West. So are are the Grizzlies just dead in the water already? Are we just writing them off? Uh, they probably aren't as much as I, as much as we are making them out to be. But like, yeah, yeah kind of. Well, yeah, I'm I, willing to be proven wrong. That's a. I, I, they're missing I two bit of their more physical d- defenders uh, as big men, and Jaw's injury is really kind of concerning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, they have a lot of talent top to bottom. On paper, they're an elite defense. Jaw is is a borderline superstar, if not a flat out superstar. But I I don't know. I I just don't feel that great about them. They they talk a big game, and I don't know if they've earned it. I I we'll see. Maybe they're not. They they is, could. Is there a world that Sacramento gets out of the West? Yeah, I think. Yes. So. Yep. They beat the Warriors. They definitely have a path. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I think there's a world where like one through seven in the West went to the West. All seven of those teams have like a logical, not that far fetched. Are, are you just not feeling it for the Timberwolves then? I, I love the Timberwolves. There's no way they're winning the West. Sorry. Okay, so we're saying the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies are just dead fish in the water already, and every other team in the West is still alive. Is that I, what you? I don't think the Grizzlies are I, quite I dead so. fish. I, I think the Grizzlies still have a chance, but they are the least confident of like one through seven. I have the least confidence in Memphis. I think that's fair. What about the East? Who's besides Sixers? Is there anybody else besides the top three in the East that can be live for the East? Or is it just one of those three? You know, um, it, is, it is those three, but you never know with James Butler. I I would say the Cleveland New York winner is is the best. Yeah, chance. I agree. I, I I think Cleveland could like give, especially the Sixers. Not I don't know. It, it, you know Donovan's just awesome, and the Sixers never guard those players well. But they've played Cleveland so well in the past, and well, I, I don't think Boston loses that game matchup. So okay. I don't know. I I really think it's just the top three. Look. The Cavs have the length to give the Bucks some problems. I'm not like writing that off that series as like, I don't know, man. I I love I love Cleveland as much as anyone, but uh, I maybe they're a year off in the sense that like Randall put Mobley in the weight room several times. Giannis would do the same. Joel would do the same. Like uh, I don't know. Cleveland Cleveland really just needs to get a couple solid wings. If they they come back next year with like two good three and D wings they could maybe make the finals. But until then, I think it's kind of a three-horse race. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. All right. As always, thank you to everyone who tuned in to this week's episode of the Sixers Sense Podcast. Please like, subscribe, and follow along if you can. We are on 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, or you can listen at our website, thesixersense.com. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook at Sixersense. And until next time, uh, we have we're running very short on Thunder content at the moment, so we're going to be talking a lot about the Sixers. Uh, peace out, everyone, and, and we'll talk to you soon. Go Sixers! credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.